Don, what has 47 classes featuring 18 presenters, three panels, two parties, four dungeons, one food trek, one Texas barbecue keynote dinner, one meet and greet with supermarket sadist, one cash bar, one exploratorium, and 12 vendors, as well as tons of awesome people? Why, it's Gwen's Austin's Birthday Bash 2022 Back to the Dungeon. Info and tickets can be found at GwenBash.com. That's G W N N B A S H dot com. This week on Erotic Awakening. How to approach potential partners. <laughs> Test Fest. And Supermarket Sadist. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. The Erotic Awakening podcast is grateful to the support of our patron community who receive ad-free early access to the podcast, free ebooks, exclusive chats, and other content as well as a variety of perks. Thank you to all of our supporters Everyone, all of our patrons. Every single one. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Hi, Don. Wow. Did you like my slow, Your slow lead in today? People are going to be checking their thing to make sure it's running right. You're usually loud and fast. Yes. Well, we <laughs> uh, took a week off and we just got back from a trip from the New Jersey to visit the Test Fest where we had a fantastic time. That was. That was a great event. It was really nice to spend a weekend with our people. Indeed. You know, we just did the whole RV thing a couple of weeks ago, and it was a little odd because we didn't meet any of our people, the whole air quotes, mm -hmm. until the very last hour of the 10-day event. So we kind of felt alone, right? It was so vanilla that we felt alone. And it's like, I need to be near my freaky people. And then Tess, <laughs> and there we go. So recharged, feeling good. Yes, and we ended up uh, seeing a lot of people we knew. We got to spend quality time with some of them. Oh, we got to spend quality well, time. Don't give it away. Oh, yet. Okay, all right. So we'll well, we talk did about put a picture that. out there on our we did on our patron section of our Discord channel, and we will tell you more about that in a moment. But first, on our topic for the day, and we're back to talking topics. Um, Dawn. Well, this one is by Plump Peaches. Yes. So, um, she sent us a couple of questions, a couple of uh, questions, a couple of months ago, and we've answered a few of them and there's still a few left. Let's do one now. Let's indeed. And this one is fairly, uh, easy one for us to talk about at the moment, at least for me, because I just went through this exact situation. Well, I'm kind of getting, see, we haven't had time to talk. Did we just take a 10 hour trip? We were listening to a book, weren't we? Do you have a boy report that I'm not aware of? Yeah, kind of, sort of. Well, we'll get into that in a okay. moment. Okay, all right. Uh, so, Don, our topic today is, again, as you said, from Plump Peaches, is the question is, how do you successfully um, reach out or approach potential partners? How do you determine who's a good fit? And what do you do if they're not? Well, that's a really good question, and it's coming more from a polyamory dynamic, right? So, but obviously, um, we can look for potential partners in the kink world and the power exchange world as well. So, how do you approach potential partners? I don't know that I 
actually, well, I guess I did. I was going to say, I don't know that I actually approach people. What I do is I put in my profile that I'm polyamorous. Most people know me. They know I'm polyamorous. So it's not about approaching them. But Mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks, it will have been, no, I guess it would be now. Nine years ago, I approached someone, right? But not about being a partner, just about dating. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of was kind of natural that it rolled into a, we became partners. So it's not like I approached him and said, hey, would you like to be a partner? Instead, it was, hey, would you like to go on a date? So, um, I, so then that sounds like that's one of the answers to the question. Then one of the ways that you approach a potential partner is not to approach them as anything except for let's go out on a date and see if it, if it jives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's jived for nine years at this point. So Mm -hmm. that would be big D who we talked about a lot over the weekend in one of our poly classes, along with a few others. Indeed. Um, yeah, I, I tend to, I have often caused myself this problem in the years of interacting with people, meeting people, and say to myself, well, this is a potential partner, but do I have time for another partner? What about the distance between us? What about their existing partners? What mm-hmm. about this? What about that? What about this? And when I approach somebody with that perspective, I end up ending the relationship before it even starts, right? So I think that is super wise what you're saying. Don't, you know, don't worry about this long-term aspect of it. Go on a date, flirt, talk to the person, have some general interaction without any great plans to say, oh my gosh, are we going to move in together now? It's that, you know, that relationship escalator people talk about. Oh, yeah. So um, we have talked about that before. And it's like, so it's not really a boy report that I have for you. I've actually been talking with you on and off about what I'm going to be doing over the next couple of weeks while we're here in Columbus, Mm -hmm. right? You've got plans. I've got open time. And two people have reached out to me wanting to just have dinner. I'm not Uh, Okay, so there's a little piece of me that is. But I was going to say, I'm not sitting here wondering how they're going to fit into our dynamic or into my life or how am I going to visit them when I get on the road. Instead, because we're RVing and we may not be here long, I'm making sure to meet them for Mm -hmm. a date. And who knows what's going to happen after that. So, you know, I'll go have a chat with them and I'll maybe it'll lead to naughty time. Who knows? So I have told both of them I'm open to naughty time. Because I don't know when I'll be back. And for me, that's, you know, one of the the keys is to approach it like that with this sense of curiosity. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of a expectation of this is where this is going to go, just have a general sense of curiosity. Say, well, this is pretty interesting. Let's see uh, what this is like. Let's see what this dinner is like. Let's see. And if something develops along the way, wonderful. Deal with it along the way. Well, that's because we've also kind of morphed into looking at relationships kind of organically. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Whereas um, a while back, a, a long time ago, I think we looked more at relationships as trying to fit somebody into a box, right? So we're specifically looking for a blah, 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 blah. And hey, do you fit in this box? We're looking to fill this box. And we've just kind of stepped away from that now. And instead, we meet people and to see if there's a click that way. And, you know, what if they don't fit? (laughs) 
we, we've had a few partners where we didn't know how they fit, but brought them in anyway, mm-hmm. right? Because like I said, we've gone a little more organic. There's, there's, it, how, how, what if they don't fit? I'm, I'm not exactly sure what that means anymore. Yeah, I, I would say the last three people that I've brought into uh, my life, including uh, Kaya, who ended up as a collared submissive, and Bat, who ended up collared after leaving, I had no expectation. I had no void that I was trying to fill. And and this is where you really end up in trouble is if you're looking for a potential partner because you feel like, oh, I got to fill this void. I got to fill this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where you end up to me, where you end up trying to fit somebody like you're saying into a particular box. I'm looking for this sort of thing instead of just approaching it, like I said earlier, from this sense of curiosity. Yeah, I, I really like that sense of curiosity thing, right? I'm not even sure the two people that I'm getting ready to um, go out to dinner with. I, I'm, not, I'm not even sure what kind of box they would fit in at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not looking to fill any holes. I'm not looking to uh, uh, ramp up our relationship, right? You know, every once in a while, I, I look for something specific, but this isn't it. So I have no clue how it's going to fit or if it is. Yeah, I know that for me, the newest person that... I've started interacting with mm-hmm. is um, not fitting in, did not initially fit into any. First off, it was approached <laughs> from a perspective of me posting on, on FetLife on our way to an event. Hey, anybody want to play? And they said, sure, I wouldn't mind playing. And it was a nice connection. And we kept chatting afterwards. And as it started, it just natched organically started to develop into a relationship that it took. So here's one of the keys. How I approach things is I dig the new relationship energy. I recognize it. I enjoy it. uh, It feels good. But there's also a level of maturity that comes with it. Um, This person who we'll call T for now, you know, was not a K. Not a K. I know. <laughs> we'll have to come up with a, with a, uh, a C or a no, submissive no, name. No, it starts no, with a no. K. <laughs> um, they came up with this idea. You know, they reminded me on the podcast that I said, you know, I generally burn, you know, I, I start fast and burn out quickly. Yeah, and we I talk said, about that a lot, actually. Yeah. And I said, you know, that's a great reminder. So let's keep that in mind as we progress. Let's dig the new relationship energy, but also approach it with a level of maturity to recognize, you know, uh, love is not enough, regardless of what the Beatles said, right? <laughs> regardless of the fact we're hot for each other, the new relationship energy and all that shit. There's also this aspect of distance and distance is going to continue to fluctuate. There's a limits on time. So to maturely look at that part and still dig the new relationship energy without just shooting yourself in the foot before it gets going. Right. So you're go- it's going to take a little bit of work to nurture it. So and things like that. Um, yeah. And that can be, that can be a little difficult over distance, you know? So what if there's a situation where it, you feel like it is not a good fit? So if you feel like it's not a good fit, um, I really don't know how to answer that one. I mean, I've only broken up with someone that cheated on me. 
Mm -hmm. So that wasn't a good fit anymore, right? That was a breakup. But I'm trying to think. So T, the newest one, Mm -hmm. actually went through some steps before you guys got this far, Mm -hmm. right? You know, what if during one of those steps you realized, hmm, this actually isn't going to fit for whatever reason, not because you needed them in a box or anything like that, but let's say there was just going to be a challenge that you didn't think you could overcome. Would you just tell them, hey, I don't think this is going to work? Or would you have done something else? One of the big if I could go back in time and tell young Dan mm-hmm. lessons is just that if you're not feeling it, just be blunt with the person that the initial disquiet or or pain or unhappiness that you cause from that mm-hmm. is simply the, a better situation than a slow, long shutting them out or, or any other way that you're going to end the relationship or staying in a relationship because you don't have the balls to end it mm-hmm. um, with, you know, and, and something, you know, for me, it's just a matter of being honest with the people of why it's not working for you um, and sticking to that boundary. You're allowed to have boundaries. The most recent person I had to, and I hate to use the word reject, but it's going to be the word I'm going to use. Um, they, checked a lot of boxes for me on what was attractive to me in a human, Mm -hmm. uh, especially somebody who wanted to be in service to me, but they were simply, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, because they were simply too young. They felt too young for me. Um, and, And I had to express that to them and say, look, it's just, you know, I like your, you know, your nice human and all that kind of jazz, but the age thing does not, it doesn't click for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one that, you know, it's just straightforward. This is how I'm, you know, where this relationship's going to go nowhere. And that's why, and it's not debatable. It's not, you know, I have this boundary, you know, their response of course was, well, I'm okay with the age gap, but for me to say, well, I'm not right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the point being to, to be clear with people and say, yep, this just isn't working for me. Try and, you know, uh, there's this idea of let you down easy, but be blunt and be and stick to your boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. It's really hard sometimes. Right. So but but I like that one a lot. So hmm, stick to your boundaries. Know what you want. Don't uh, don't hurt people's feelings on purpose. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> right. But um, so there's there's a lot there. Anything else you can think of with that one? No, I think that's a pretty good overview on that one. I suppose um, there's likely some more tips and tricks on how to approach people from a logistical perspective. Uh, and we talk about that a lot in the polyamory dating guide. Oh, uh, that is you know, true. Just the, yeah, the yeah. How to do it, but but I think this topic was a little bit more what we covered this time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So cool. So Don potential um, partners that, that just makes me excited. <laughs> well, keep looking. I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward I'm to the conversation there. we're going to have afterwards. Apparently I've got a couple new people in the so, wings. Yeah. Yeah. My boy girl report uh, just kind of got a little bigger. Don, if I randomly jumped in a airplane and I randomly flew to Austin, Texas, I might <laughs> accidentally come across the group with no name or the big Gwen bash 
uh, where Dan and Don, that's you and me, will be presenting. What if I don't want to trust that random airplane to drop me in the right city at the right time? <laughs> then you need to sign up for our newsletter. So keep up with all of our events, book news and discounts and more via the Erotic Awakening newsletter. And get your EA shout out like Rose from Pennsylvania. Michael from Florida. Phyllis from Washington. Stacy from Texas. And Carl from Iowa. So head over to eroticawakening.com and subscribe today. So, Don, um, one of the things when we go to, as I just aforementioned, Gwen, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to the Gwen bash, and I, I was looking to. at the schedule, but one of the things I did not understand was the supermarket sadist. So <laughs> I went into the the FetLife to try and understand what that is. So a supermarket sadist, um, and I'm just reading from their little FetLife thing, if you think of it from... That shows supermarket sweeps, which I have seen, Chopped, Iron Chef, and then dollar stores. And they all came together and had a baby. This would be supermarket sadist. The idea is there's two, there's teams of two, one sadist, one masochist. And they get a mystery bag of dollar store items in 45 minutes to come up with as many fun and interesting toys as they can. The audience will be cheering them on. They get three minutes to put on a scene showcasing their inventions. And they can set it to music, wear costumes, make a play out of it, or just be silly and fun. And at the end, the audience votes on the winner. (gasps) You and I can do that. We do silly shit like on cruise ships that blow vanilla people's minds. We can do this. Yes, we are absolutely (laughs) signing up for that shit. Um, Along with that, they have the Exploratorium, which is kind of uh, Dom demos where you have like. Uh, six dominants available for play for anybody who wants to try a variety of things like impact, electrical, sensation play. Oh, I always recommend those for people that want to try out new things. These are like dominants or tops or whatever that have skill in these things and you get to try them out. That's how I had tried out uh, porcupine quills. I had never tried that before. And uh, KK had something called tapas and someone was doing porcupine quills. So I got to experience that without having to do a full mm-hmm. scene with somebody. So yep. that was really cool. So uh, we do have our fetishes coming up. Uh, the first one is going to be phobophilia, which I bet you even know what that one is without mm. even knowing Greek. Before though, before we get there, though, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we just drove back from Tess. We did. We did. Uh, our, our flight got canceled, so we had to do a nine-hour drive. We had to rent a car and do a drive. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're used to driving at this point, and it was a beautiful drive. So... Um, went we to got Jersey. Very lucky there, yeah. We got very lucky, yeah. So, and we just did that drive, the whole Pennsylvania Turnpike with the uh, the RV, and um, just didn't want to do that again. So, took a little car, much less gas, <laughs> much less gas, <laughs> much less gas. <laughs> but it, so we uh, we got to hang out with Trouver and Chantus, and we oh, yeah. shared a meal with them. Shared a really good conversation. And we finally got to meet Nookie Notes in person. Mm-hmm. We've uh, interacted with her a couple times from the Dating Kinky uh, site, and um, that was fun. As well as ran into a couple patrons like Anna and Beautiful Violet. And we met Setha Noor. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's the way that you say her name. During the erotic reading, erotic reading one evening, and she is a poetress. And um, we now have a book of her poetry, and I read a little bit of that. That's some pretty good stuff. Yeah, we're very, very grateful that uh, she gifted us with a copy of her mm-hmm. poetry book. So that was super cool. So Test Fest, 
great job. Had a fantastic time. Looking forward to going back next year. And hopefully we won't be in the middle of a pandemic and won't have to wear the masks next year. But uh, I appreciate the effort that they did to keep us safe. Oh, absolutely. So, Dawn, other than that, I wanted to mention real quick. Did you hear my belch? Do you think I was going to edit that out, but I, maybe not. Does that remind you of the uh, one of our other favorite podcasts, Big Fatty? Yes, it does. I love that podcast. Oh, Big Fatty. Oh. Uh, so, Dawn, I've been chitter-chatting with Slay Valkyrie a little bit. wanted to mention that she has a podcast as well. Um, you can find the House of Kinky Misfits. It is Slay Valkyrie's goal to leave her own boot print on the ones that came before. Um, so I will put a link in the notes for that, and you can go check that out. Awesome. And with that, I think we are down to the fetishes. Ooh. All so, right. So there's four fetishes. The first one... Um, is the phobophilia, which is in a sexual obsession with being afraid. Wow. And then it says this fetish can be directed towards hate as well as fear. But I think I've heard it more with fear. Sexual obsession with being afraid. Yeah, See, this doesn't feel like fear play. It we, doesn't. We talk about fear play. See, I like fear play. I like the whole... Um, step off the ledge and drop into my arms and the ledge is only like an inch uh-huh. off the floor. Uh-huh. But it's hard for me to cross my arms and just fall backwards, you know, that whole that whole uh, trust fall thing. But um, I do like to play with that. I do like to play with the cling wrap where you push me so mm-hmm. that I fall a little bit more each time. But um, the whole sexual obsession with being afraid, the things I think of, like the spiders and, and stuff, you know, things that make me afraid <laughs> more right. than that. I, I don't know that I fall into that category as much as I like fear play. So if I were, if we were driving our rental car and we were on the uh, bad side of a town in New Jersey and it was the middle of the night and the car broke down. You wouldn't start masturbating. I would not start masturbating. That would not feel sexy at all. If I'm here in the RV by myself and someone starts knocking on the wall or scraping on the wall like uh-huh. some Freddy Krueger shit, no, that is not sexy to me. <laughs> that is pure anxiety. I, I would be huddled somewhere with the dog that, that just does not feel sexy. And that, that's kind of what I read with this sexual obsession yeah. with being afraid. Um, and then yeah, the next one we also have no experience with is, you want to try that? Pigiphilia? A fetish for being a fugitive on the run. Fetish for being a fugitive I on like the, the run. I like the show. Yeah. I like the movie, The Fugitive. Yeah, but I absolutely, I don't have a fetish for it. I don't, uh, I cannot even say that I've looked up any porn about this or had any sexual fantasies that I've masturbated to mm-hmm. about being somebody on the run. I mean, there's pieces like around that that would be really cool. Like if I'm caught by bounty hunters and they've decided sure. to tie me down and take advantage of me before turning me in or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it, it feels different than being a fugitive on the run. Yeah. yeah. So, hmm. All right. Two left. Do you want one or two? Uh, two. Uh, Don, how do you feel about, and now we're getting into the more common things we have experienced, play piercing. Mm. I love play piercing, actually. Um, the endorphins from the first needle breaking the skin 
I ride high on that for a long time. So love it. I would actually like to get um, in touch with someone that could do either a needle corset. Um, some of my rituals have involved needles where you've put needles in my back with the Phoenix wings. So I love all that type of stuff. Um, well, now, does that mean are you going to actually reach out to uh, Gwen, the, the next event that we go to, and mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm looking for some play piercing? Well, the problem with that is is the whole blood, the blood part of it, right? I want to have a conversation with someone and have that whole um, uh, STI conversation, mm-hmm. you know? That is, even with someone wearing gloves, things can happen. So I have to have that whole deep conversation. That's why it's not pick-up play stuff. R- play piercing for me. For you. Is not pick-up play stuff. Is play piercing edge play then? Absolutely. So I would absolutely consider play piercing edge play. I mean, that is that is blood play. That is breaking of the skin on purpose. That is all that stuff. I mean, here in, um, well, we're in Columbus, Ohio right now, which is in Franklin County, Ohio. And in Franklin County, you cannot break skin on purpose without a piercing license sort of thing, right? So mm-hmm. even if you're at a kink event, you are not allowed to do play piercing. So it's it's considered a health risk. Sure. So I consider that health that uh edge of oh, absolutely edge play. Well, I accept that. Cool. And then what's the last? Well, one? well, wait. But do you like doing play piercing? I mean, you've been pierced before, but that's been yeah. a, a ritual, and there's only a couple of things I jabbed into your chest. <laughs> and we did the flesh hooks, which is a different thing than yeah. a play piercing. Mm-hmm. And not a fan. Nope, not into any of it. Not into it. Not nope. doing it or receiving it. Uh, I'm not even really into doing it. Uh, nah, no, no. Really. I've asked you to do it a few times for me, like during ritual and mm-hmm. stuff. But I don't think you're really into it. Right. Into it right. to, to really do it. Um, so the one I'm giving you is pictophilia, the fetish for watching porn, especially of the same actor. Well, that's an interesting aspect to it of the same actor. What's her name? Huh. There used to be an actress that I loved in porn. So, are you a pictophilia? No, not really. The uh, I will look uh, as as we just did a uh, Reddit porn um, podcast not too long ago. I do uh, look at the naughty images, but I'm not a big fan of like movies, porn movies, and I'm not really into. Um, any particular person. Um, of course, now, obviously, both of us are like looking into yeah, looking but at porn. Yeah, both of us are, are looking into porn. Um, I want Marilyn. Marilyn Chambers. Oh, good gosh. Marilyn Chambers. Oh, a long time ago. I used to watch her a bit. I really loved her stuff. Um, some people... Who's who's the one that we find in the kink community now that does a lot of blowjob classes? Can't think of her name off the top oh, of my head, and yeah, I can picture yeah. her clear as day. Uh, famous. No, now Marilyn Chambers is in my head. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's men, right? There is James Dean, I think is his name, that uh, does porn that a lot of people are into. And, um, you know, a few other people. So, fetish for watching pornography. I do watch a bit of porn, though. So, But it's it's tricky... In our our earlier definitions of the word fetish, mm-hmm. 
Do you fantasize about watching porn? Do I fantasize about watching porn? No. Do I watch porn? Yes. So I'm not. Do I fantasize about being in a porn, which could be a little bit different? Every great now and then, but it's not the porn like you would find by going to Pornhub and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's the more deep, dark (laughs) Ah. porn that would be fun that I am not admitting to on here. Well, save that topic for Uh, another day. Well, we're playing tonight, right? Maybe I'll whisper it in your ear. Mm. Uh, Well, let's wrap this damn thing up then. (laughs) So, uh, Tentacles. I did get some uh, Bassanos on our Discord channel. Just sent in a picture of um, a girl reading a Summoning for Dummies book. And she has summoned tentacles. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I almost bought a um, stuffed octopus over the weekend. They had a -A Build-A-Bear in the vending oh, yeah. area, and one of the things that they stuffed was an octopus, but I don't have room in the RV. Ah, the, the classic issue with RV living. Exactly. Not enough room for octopus. Oh. Take a moment to support the podcast. Read us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. Feel free to reach out to us. We love interacting with you. Contact us with questions, podcast comments, or just to say hi. You can find us at Dan and Dawn at Twitter or FetLife. FetLife. <laughs> we are Erotic Awakening on Instagram. Use the links from the Erotic Awakening website for Facebook and Discord. Or just email us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn.